Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Zarin. What's up, Elizabeth Dutton? Nothing much. Hey, listen, you know what's ridiculous? Yes, I do. And uh, I've been waiting to see you because this one is for you. Oh, yeah. wow, you just for me. Well, you know how you like weird combos of food and stuff? Oh, are you doing a mashup? I found one for you. <gasps> yes. Oh, my goodness. In so Taipei funny. City. It's all happening. <laughs> in Taipei City, Taiwan, mm-hmm. there is a restaurant you need to go to. Okay. It's called Modern Toilet. <laughs> Man. <laughs> the restaurant you get out was of the dream of a restaurateur who had this epiphany while he was on the john. He's like, what if you could eat on the toilet? out of a toilet. So he put his money where his butt was, and he (laughs) opened a toilet-themed ice cream spot to serve chocolate ice cream served in a toilet bowl. No. The spot was a total hit. So then he's like, oh, I should go bigger. So he opens Modern Toilet, a restaurant that's all toilet-themed. So it's done so well, it's now a chain that you can find modern toilets throughout Asia. And uh, the food is hot pots served in toilet bowls. Uh There's also the OG chocolate ice cream. And then you get to sit on an actual toilet while you eat food out of a toilet bowl or a miniature urinal. And then you can keep it as a souvenir from your time at Modern Toilet. And (laughs) now there was one fellow who got confused by the concept and he actually crapped at his seat in the (laughs) toilet and it wasn't connected to any plumbing so they had to evacuate the restaurant and it took two weeks for deep cleaning. But I know it's as weird as all of it sounds. I checked the reviews because I wanted to be like, well, Elizabeth needs to know this is a good restaurant. I yeah, don't want her to send to Taipei just for chasing nothing. Yeah. So I looked Thank it up, you. right? And most of them were like, it's so much fun. I took my kids to the toilet restaurant. They loved it. It's <laughs> yeah. such a, an experience. The food kind of sucks, right? Like that was like most of them. Yeah. But my favorite review was this one guy. He said... Well, basically, I'll just put it this way. He completely ignored the toilet theme part of the restaurant and took it straight. He's like, and I quote, I ordered the milky hot pot and the flavor was good. good. I read a review that they have good proportioned hot pot, but that is not true at all because they place lettuce at the bottom to make it look like there is a lot of meat. The hot pot doesn't come with assorted meatballs and there's a service charge of 10%. They also have a kid's playing area. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd love to that review. <laughs> there you go. Modern oh, toilet. That's for you. Yeah, it's like they have farm to table and this is like table to toilet. <laughs> so fresh. So disgusting. Just keep that cycle going. This is so disgusting. There's a honeypot out back. They just uh, cl- What? Nauseating. <laughs> but tell me more. <laughs> So that's for you. That's ridiculous. I I hand I hand right. I thought hand hey, I'm just trying something. to meet you eye to eye on this. I'm like and I'm kind of short circuiting a little bit now because I've got to cleanse my mind of toilet imagery. Well, my idea was if you can't beat them, join them or John them. John. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. You're welcome. You want to know what else is ridiculous? Or I'm here for it. Offering up your kid to the sky gods for clout. What? <laughs> This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. You damn right. Now, when I'm talking about capers, not like the briny capers. What? Oh. (laughs) Whatever. Okay, so. uh, And cons, not like the ex-convicts. Like Scott Con. Yes, there you go. The con family. Briny capers and the con family. (laughs) So. A lot of swagger. uh, Speaking of which, do you remember baby Jessica? Baby Jessica, baby. Oh, the well, baby. Yeah, right? yeah. Fell in she the well. fell into the yes. well in 1987. She's 18 months old. She was in there for 56 hours until she was successfully rescued. Mm-hmm. That was all over the 24-hour news cycle. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Uh, kind of. I mean, yes, yeah. I do remember it being a thing, and I remember baby Jessica. Right. And so it was like nonstop coverage. Uh, there had been a number of other stories through the years about kids falling in wells. Yes. And most of them had really grim resolutions to yes, them. Yes, yes. So when baby Jessica fell in the well, people like were holding out hope for a miracle and they were able to watch moment by moment mm-hmm. this, the rescue efforts. Um, and then don't forget, there was the Thailand rescue in 2018 of that boys soccer team that got oh, yeah. stuck in a cave. Yeah. Cave. Then, I almost the... said cage. Cave. <laughs> yes, I yeah. remember that. Wall to wall coverage. Send the, sub, the submarines uh-huh. in to get them. And high stakes. Um, so, but in between those was another harrowing tale uh-huh. of a kid in danger played out on national and international news in real time. That's what I want to talk to you today about. Oh. A I'm, child in danger. I'm on the edge of my seat. Hilarious. Okay, but first, um, you know that I don't like to judge, but I actually do like to judge. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I don't want to judge, but I'm going to judge. Here are two things I'm judgy about. Uh-huh. Uh, of the many things. Um, participation in reality TV. How so? Uh, I are think you it's, judgy of the fact someone participates? Yeah, or you're I'm judgy, judgy of, the, of people, the participants. I'm judgy of the people who go on reality TV shows. Oh, okay. Um, and like, I know I say I don't watch television. We all know I'm full of it. <laughs> but I really actually don't watch reality yes. TV shows. Um, they bum me out. Why? Because. It's not real? No, people are willing to do whatever and look like a fool just to be momentarily famous or like a minuscule version of famous. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's not even fame. It's more status, you know, because yeah. they're not really fame. It's yeah. more that the people want to talk about them. The people know who they yeah. are. So it's it's like social But they status. need to have some pride. Like there's, they'll debase themselves. <laughs> yes. I'm with so you whatever. I'm judging. Don't do it. But do you judge the people who are like uh, on Jackass? I don't really think of that as reality TV. But it's, they're debasing themselves. 
Yeah, it's a different kind of thing. Oh, interesting. I'm not going to say anything negative about the Jackass. No, I mean, I, you know me. I'm a huge fan <laughs> of all, Jackass, all the franchises. But right. I was just curious if where you draw that line. No, I think it's that, especially with Jackass, they're debasing themselves uh, honestly. Okay. Whereas people on reality shows are debasing themselves and deluding themselves that they're not doing that. Oh, interesting. Do you pity them? No, I just am disgusted by that. Okay. <laughs> so here's another thing that I'm judgy about. Uh-huh. When parents put their minor children out there for public public consumption. Oh, yeah. So like, like posting pictures on social, public social media accounts. Uh-huh. It's one thing if it's locked down and it's only people you directly know and it's basically like... Yeah, well, obviously sharing, you know, between your friends and family, sharing pictures of kids is not terrible. Right. But if you're like making a, your identity be, I'm mommy of so-and-so, totally. I'm daddy of so-and-so. Like all the blogs, like mommy bloggers who talk about their kids and their lives and post their pictures. Kids have no agency in that. Yeah, and also they're being used in a sense like the identity is based on yeah. proximity to the child. It's so creepy. Become, yeah. Why would you post a picture of your child with information about them for every creep in the world to see? I'm not even talking about like that clout. <laughs> not even talking about traditional predators. Like I don't I don't need to know about a stranger's kid. Yeah, sure. It's creepy. Yeah. So anyway, I'm judging. Judgment. <laughs> You're good at it. Uh, so privacy is an illusion. Yes. But at least give the kids a false promise of it until they come of age and can (laughs) find that out for themselves. Uh, There's me judging. So the story I'm going to tell you today, Mm -hmm. um, the one about the kid in danger, it has both reality TV and exploited kids. (laughs) Two of your favorites. Right? I don't know if you've ever heard or seen a show called Wife Swap. Oh yes! It sounds filthy, but it's not. Yes, no, the, the yes, the, the um, it's the one where the obviously you you swap uh, spouses, but usually there was like a, a certain fraught nature, like one yeah. of them would be poor, or they would be a black and a white Completely. couple, or something where it's like, uh oh, yeah, what's going to be? Two families on opposite sides of like a familial spectrum. So mm-hmm. like, let's say one is messy and artistic, and the other one's like super clean and athletic. Sure. And then they switch moms for like a week or something, mm-hmm. and then hilarity ensues, a drama. More likely ensues. So they're trailed by cameras. The public gets to watch, like, of course, the heavily ed- edited, like, lowbrow Commedia dell'arte depiction of the mm-hmm. culture clash. Villains are crafted. Long-suffering heroes emerge. You know. <laughs> I would love it if one of the couples actually broke up and they got, like, together with and the swapped, spouse. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. they. You know what? They'd be willing to do it if they thought they'd become notable. Yeah, well. So there was once a family on Wife Swap mm-hmm. named the Heenies. Okay. And... Like Bobby the Brain Heenan Heaney? No. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Richard was the father. Mayumi, yes. the mom, She they met in acting school in Hollywood, California. Ooh. And they have three boys. Ry- uh, Rio. It looks like Ryo, R-Y-O. Oh. But apparently it's Rio. Okay. Bradford and Falcon. Wait, wait a minute. Rio, Bradford, and Falcon? Yeah. So, like, you're, like, on the park, and you're like, come here, Falcon, you two, Rio, caw, caw. and Bradford. And Bradford. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, the Heaney family, at the time, they lived in Fort Collins, Colorado. They switched mothers with a Connecticut family who were in the childproofing business. Like taking care of hard edges? I guess. Or okay. like those like crazy locks that are hard to open for yes. cabinets where uh-huh. you're like, oh, I can't, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm as savvy as a three-year-old. Yeah. Um, but it was such a hit, their episode, that they were voted back on for the 100th episode. Like swap again. Let's Yeah, and they switched mothers that time with a Florida family whose mom earned her living as a psychic. Oh, wow. Yeah. A Florida so, psychic? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's like jackpot. Richard Heaney. 
He's a UFO enthusiast, mm-hmm. amateur meteorologist. Okay. And he has a passion for storm tracking and chasing. So wait, and they swapped and they gave him a wife who was a Florida psychic? No. Yeah. He had to deal with the psychic. Mayumi, mm. she had to go out and deal with the psychic the family. Family, yeah. Yeah. So his wife totally supports his efforts. Um, she said, quote, wife swap was just another adventure for us as a family. Hmm. You know. Open-minded. Hey, Richard, total self-promoter. He tried his hand at both acting and stand-up. Didn't go so well <laughs> in this life. His passions and desires. stand-up meteorologist? Yeah. Okay, Well, cool. like, think about it, weatherman. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It used sense. to be that most of them started. Yeah, I totally get it. David Letterman was a weatherman. You're right. Yep. Yeah. So... Uh, his passions and his desire for attention, though, they really shape everything that this family does. Okay. He's an amateur meteorologist, right? Uh-huh. That all started in 1979 when he witnessed a tornado move a roof while he was working as a contractor. Okay. He was hooked. He was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I need to get a camera. Weather, f- phenomenon. I need to get a green screen. <laughs> uh, he was the lead author of the National Weather Digest article, Electromagnetic Fields Recorded in Mesocyclones in 1908, 2008. Ah, okay. Yeah. He flew into Hurricane Wilma with the NOAA National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Now, is that, like, difficult to do? Like, they can't get volunteers to fly into a hurricane? (laughs) So they're like, yeah, this guy will do it. I would imagine that for, like, storm chasers, that's, like, a hot ticket. Yeah, Yeah, he was stoked. Um. His work with storm chasing was, like, legit enough. He got profiled in the Denver Post. Okay. So, you know, he's an amateur meteorologist, but... But doing work worthy or... Yeah, doing, like, legitimate work in it. Um, He'd pack the family into their SUV to go storm chasing. Okay. And they were especially looking for conditions in which he could get on his motorcycle and ride directly into the storm. (laughs) Heaney! He'd have, like, all the weather equipment lashed to his bike. Um, a, A bike? He'd ride a... A motorcycle. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. A hog, a chopper. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> and so they, the family's following behind in the SUV, me uh-huh. and me and the three kids. Uh-huh. Um, he said he only chased low-grade tornadoes. I don't even know what that I means. Either. But okay. And he, he said he made sure that the family was far away and, like, no one was put at risk. So, like I said, he's a self-promoter. Sounds like it, yes. So 1995, he published a parody book called Offensive Driving, like O F, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. Under the nom de plume, Dick Weenie. <laughs> Dick Weenie. Okay. I'm just running down the highlights here, pal. Yes. <laughs> so he's also an inventor. Oh Lord. <laughs> he invented the bear scratch back scratcher. Wait. Which I don't know. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> the heeny okay. duty truck transformers, which I have no <laughs> idea what that is. That thing got a heeny. <laughs> Headbanger energy shots. Headbanger energy. Mm-hmm. I hope that comes with free heavy metal. I think so. Like literal heavy metals yeah. floating in it. <laughs> exactly. And then there's the blow jab. The wait, what? It's a battery operated fan that gentlemen can put in their crotch to like keep their undercarriage cool. Oh, it's an undercarriage cooler. Put it in your cooler. pants. Yeah. The it's blow the, jab. The crotch pot cooler. Yeah. Wow. For all that swamp rot going on there. <laughs> this guy's awesome. He said, I want to sell that one to Tractor Supply. Farmers sweat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> tractor Supply is like, lose our number. <laughs> totally. <laughs> They're like suing him for defamation. So 
Richard has all this stuff going on. He gets his family on wife swap, but nothing comes of that. Like no big deals. No spin book off. deals for him. Yeah, he got like <laughs> no he offer got of other 15 shows. seconds of fame. Uh-huh. He wanted his war holly in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm still, I'm you owe me. So then 2009 happens. Okay. Great recession. Oh, oh, I was wondering. Okay. <laughs> so, well, if you remember, he was a contractor. His uh-huh. home renovation and remodeling business took a hit. Oh, that was rough, dude. Mm-hmm. I was in construction in 2008, and we all yeah. lost jobs. Thanks, Subprime Lending. Mayumi, she had an at-home video editing business, mm-hmm. which already sounds like as technology is becoming at-home video more accessible. Editing. Yeah. yeah. Are you well, doing, like, family videos? Like at the, Anyway, okay. Uh, so that, that was going down the tubes. Uh, he's got a lot of time on his hands. He's mm-hmm. got all these wacky ideas. Richard decides to come up with his best invention yet. Mm. And it's a foil-backed helium-filled balloon. Foil-backed, okay. He thought that when he made it, it would inspire others to construct their own. And he figured that then people, they would organize... Um, Balloon races? I mean, obviously, that's like the first thing you think of. First thought I had is and like, well, get, you gotta like, race those puppies, right? Sponsors, airtime okay. for, for balloon races. Yeah, like Air NASCAR. And then he also, he kind of thought that like commuters could eventually use them. <laughs> I'm not, stop laughing. I'm not laughing. You know, but I'm... here's the thing. It's like, when in doubt, get famous. <laughs> Step one, build a giant balloon. These are giant balloons, not like little. He has like an 1890s mind. I love it. <laughs> Build a giant balloon, get famous, start balloon races. The family pulls together all their spare cash. Of course. And since, like, this is the possibility for a new path to fame, Mm -hmm. they film everything. Naturally. You know? I mean, why wouldn't you? You got to document it. They shot footage of their trips to Home Depot. (laughs) They recorded the three brothers, like, all excited, talking about the impending launch. Mm -hmm. Richard gathers all the supplies. He starts building the balloon was 20 feet in diameter. Wow. And it was made from 16 pie-shaped plastic sheets. It took two rolls of duct tape. Two whole rolls. That's wow. That doesn't sound like a That's lot. That's not though. a lot. But I mean, still. Yeah. It looked like a flying saucer. That's what I was just trying to say. But in it your makes picture. sense because, like, that he's all alien guy. Loves that stuff, yeah. Um, there's like a little basket under the balloon. It's sort of like a canister He's with a tiny like door. a crossover with all the perfect stuff. It's ufology and meteorology and like weather balloons. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, like He's at the nexus. The silver yeah. weather balloon. That's me. <laughs> exactly. So like it has this little basket, this canister underneath. Like ostensibly someone or something could be put into the little carriage area. So the, the basket is much like a normal balloon where I'm picturing a basket yeah, suspended not, by like some kind of rope. Yeah, but it's or, not like wicker. No, it's attached to the balloon. Like fixed and hmm. there's no window or anything it's just oh, like oh the balloon is just it kind of looks like a tuna can yeah, stuck just, to the bottom okay yeah. wow so um once he determines that the balloon's airtight he covers the plastic sheets with aluminum foil uh-huh. why because of he likes the look the foil was for conducting the electricity that would propel the balloon <laughs> Stop laughing. Okay, see, the balloon... Now, this is the part where... Please, don't laugh. This is very, very serious. The balloon's going to be hooked up to a stun gun. Wait, what? (laughs) Like a cattle prod stun gun? Like a stun gun, like, you know... know, Like a taser stun gun? Like I'm getting into my car at night and someone comes up behind me. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I was just telling you, you dropped something. Well, too late, buddy. Um, So it's going to be hooked up to a stun gun. It's going to run millions of volts of electricity across the surface of the balloon. Okay. Very safe. The very legal, very cool. You want the ohms It's the, the Bifeld-Brown okay. effect. Oh, yeah, which sure. Which is 
quote, to quote Wikipedia, <laughs> defines the Bifeld-Brown effect as an electrical phenomenon that produces an ionic wind that transfers its momentum to surrounding neutral particles. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, well, basically, you're just creating different pressures, and it moves sure. to the low pressure okay. as opposed to the high pressure. But, yeah, that's not going to work for a balloon. Well, that's what you say. Launch day, October 15th, 2009. Richard fills the balloons with five tanks of helium. Okay. He then launched that stun gun, or he attached the stun gun to the basket, got the juice running all over the balloon. Wait, the stun gun's just left open? Yeah, it's like, just like on. Always? Yeah, right. Oh, wow. And then the plan was to release this tethered balloon into the air. So you got this static field surrounding this balloon, uh-huh. and you're hoping to like basically electrify the air around it to create right. some to kind create of current. Right, the effect. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> the effect. Yes. Uh, they're going to release it like tethered, but into the air for about 13 feet high. Oh, well, that's nothing. Yeah. And then he was going to use electricity ma- to maneuver it. I don't know how. Whatever, sure, okay. He sets up a video camera on a tripod. Uh-huh. The Heaney family, they count down from three. Richard pulls the release pin. Uh-huh. When we come back from this break, <laughs> I'll tell you about the launch of this giant silver balloon and the infamy that accompanied it. All right. rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. That's simplysafe.com/ridiculouscrime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season 1, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. 
Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Zarin, we're back. Hey. Hey. When we left off, yeah. the Heaney family, Richard, Mayumi, Rio, Bradford. Rio and Bradford and Falcon. Falcon. They just launched their latest endeavor into yes. their quest for fame. The 13-foot. A giant balloon. A 20-foot balloon. The 13-foot flight. 13-foot flight. But it's a balloon and it's huge. Yes. And it's zappins. And it's going. (laughs) And it looks like pollen on water floating around. Yeah. It's a long boy up there in the air. The balloon was powered by the stun gun, Uh zapping all the silver foil. Um, It was hoped that it would become this big thing, right? That people are going to have balloon (laughs) races. Everyone wants to do that. Commuters are going to climb up into the little, you know, curl up in the little ball. Where's my zapper? I got to get to work, honey. (laughs) He, so, okay, October 15th, 2009. Uh Uh-huh. The Heenies countdown. Three, two, one. (laughs) Release the balloon. They're so excited. The family gives this cheer. They're so, so excited. The balloon comes free from its tether. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, it starts floating off into the sky above Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. Then there are cries of anger. (laughs) Richard is yelling at Mayumi Uh for not properly tethering the balloon. Like, he just is like... My balloon! Oh, yeah. There's video of this. Duct tape cost? Oh, God. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, they taped everything. Yes, of course. There's, I can watch him yell at poor Mayumi. <laughs> right. It's horrible. Uh, there's cries of panic oh, no. because Bradford starts screaming at his parents, Falcon's in there. What? Falcon. How Heaney. did they lose a kid? They La- got three. Ladies and gentlemen, we have infamy. Six-year-old Falcon Heaney is now balloon boy. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Falcon takes a flight. Falcon. <laughs> caw. Uh, I need to remind you again. They're filming this whole thing. Yes. They have it where at this point of panic. Uh, So your kid's floating away into the sky in an improvised high-voltage device. Who do you call? Who would you call, Zarin? Who would I call? Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, I don't know. A Yeah, exactly. A team of therapists. (laughs) The National Weather Service and tell them, uh, please be on the lookout for my boy. I don't know. Cloudy with a chance of falcon. (laughs) Um, no, the first call he makes was to the FAA. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. He got... wanted him to track the runaway balloon on radar and then, like, shut down the airspace. Oh, in case any other low-flying planes. So that, like, gonna... some, like, you know, now, how, how... some chap in his Cessna who's just out for a pleasure trip doesn't accidentally get him, like, <laughs> caught up in the propellers. <laughs> 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 Falcon! <laughs> so to- the ghost of Tommy Fitz <laughs> just comes coming cross. in hot. Yeah. So, wait. So... Falcon ostensibly is in this undersized tuna can, mm-hmm. stra- strapped to this balloon. It's mm-hmm. just floating up in helium. It has no ability to be directed no. other than the zapper that's and supposedly the wind. supposed to guide it on to find the low pressure spot. And then right. now we have wind carrying it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just worried that's about That's where we are. Okay. Poor Falcon. So what did the FAA tell him? Nothing we can do, bro. Call 911. What's the, the cops going to shoot that's down the, the balloon? Lo- yes. You don't want it Light to crash. Up. <laughs> <Light> <laughs> <him up. laughs> 
No, call 911. I don't know. Get a, get a fire truck out there. Whatever. You need like those people in like those squirrel flying suits to just come That's in. That's exactly and what they need. Fly in, hit Jet the balloon, packs. and just grab it and take it down to Earth with you on the way. Jetpacks and flamethrowers. Jetpacks. There you go. With those guys <laughs> with like, they fly off the, uh, what do you, off the, well, the cruisers. Well, we, we didn't have drones then the way we do now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just you go know? up there and zap it. Or like an Amazon delivery drone could have intercepted him. <laughs> so Mayumi, she calls 911. Uh-huh. But like English is not her first language. Oh, Lord. And and she's crying uncontrollably. So the dispatcher's like, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what you're saying to and me. And is the, is the husband just holding the camera at well, this he's point? Well, uh, he's on the phone to the FAA. He's, he's like, this like, is great drama. <laughs> he's like, we have a problem. So Richard, he like, she's struggling on the phone with 911. Uh-huh. He gets off the phone with the FAA. Okay. He makes another call. Uh-huh. Who do you think he called? Um, you suggested J- the weather. John people. Walsh from America's Most Wanted. <laughs> Almost. He called... KUSA, Denver's Channel 9 News. What the hell? Were they going to get the helicopter out there? Well, that's what he wanted. He said he wanted them to get their helicopter into the air. Quote, get eyes on it because no one else can see what's going on. Okay. So he's just scrambling resources. He hangs up from the news station and then he goes over and he gets the phone from Mayumi. And he's Uh like, hello, 911, my baby. So (laughs) meanwhile, it's like... News is starting to spread of this because he's talked to the news cameras. Sure. It's it's going on to it's going viral ah. as as we say. So in the all the local news stations are now picking up Channel 9's coverage. Yeah, and then national news starts to pick it up. Okay. Um, Diana Fields, Richard's sister, she sees it on TV, mm-hmm. and she said, "Quote: The news anchor said a boy might be inside. I saw it was in Colorado, and I felt sick. I knew it had to be Rick." <laughs> When your sister knows you that like, well as a nerdy well, so and she sees some messed up news, and she's like, that's my well, brother. that's Rick. Um, so there's this reporter, Richard Sanchez. He had this to say about Falcon's introduction to the world. Quote, mm. that moment that there was this balloon in the air, it was just so absurd. But the interesting thing I thought was that it was a very unifying event. People look at social media and TV as something that can tear people apart. But the Balloon Boy incident... At that moment when the balloon was in the air, when people thought six-year-old Falcon Heaney was in there, it was this unifying moment. People at one moment in our country's history were all thinking about this one boy and this one family and really hoping things turn out well for them. It's a little grand, but okay, I feel you. <laughs> a little, little smidge. <laughs> Just uh, the one moment our nation came together and said, will b- balloon, balloon boy, boy survive? Richard Sanchez bringing it. I mean, there so, was 9-11, but balloon but boy balloon really boy. brought the nation together. <laughs> I remember this happening, and I remember mm-hmm. following along online with the breaking news and oh, like all did. the theories. Oh, of course I did. I what do yeah, you think? I did not follow the story. It was a heady time, early Twitter. Uh huh. You know. Oh yeah. Um, and there was a lot of really good Twitter content on this. <laughs> R.I.P. Cool Twitter is what I have to say. Um, and weird Twitter. Yeah. So after Richard makes all these calls. Air traffic um, was brought to a halt mm-hmm. by the airport over Denver Airport because they're like, we can't have. They shut down Denver Airport. Yeah, for this? they can't have like Delta Flight Five Eighty Three crashing it. I mean, how low are these? Pl- yeah, yeah, I mean, is the boy? F- the oh, National well, Guard deployed uh-huh. two helicopters. Okay. And Larimer County Sheriff's deputies they showed up at the Heaney house and they started searching the bedrooms, the basement, the garage, uh-huh. just to make sure is Falcon actually oh, at home you, yeah. and they just didn't know it. And maybe the boy's wrong. They're searching. They're like yelling for him. No sign of Falcon. So who was the, the boy? The, Bradford. The Bradford Bradford Pear okay. said, yeah, that's like, so they widened the search to the homes of like Falcon's friends. Well, maybe he snuck off to a friend's house. Mm-hmm. 
They go to the nearby woods, a park, a reservoir. I mean, this is good. Wow. Grim. Oh, yeah. damn. For two hours, the world was transfixed. Everyone's watching helplessly as a giant silver balloon containing a small boy floats listlessly across the sky. And at this point, are there cameras on it where we're able to watch? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's so cameras on it. Do you see this? Yes. Blob yes. in the sky. It's incredible. Saren, it was amazing. <laughs> you missed out. Um, I just remember the movie with with, Jack, with Jake Gyllenhaal where he was in the uh, bubble, the boy in the bubble. He had like a d- terminal, terminal disease. No, no, it's not yeah. this at all. He had like a terminal disease. Yeah. He had to live inside a bubble. Yeah. So when people talked about Balloon Boy, I kept thinking they were talking about Bubble <laughs> Boy. Gyllenhaal. And I totally got it all confused. <laughs> You're like, that was so sad for Jake yeah, when that I'm, happened yeah. to him. So, like the storm chasers Richard loves so much, uh-huh. news crews, rescuers, nosy civilians, physically chased after the balloon. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. So the two hours after it initially takes off from the Heaney home, it softly sank to the ground and landed in a freshly planted field. Oh, it ran out of uh, helium? I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, about 50 miles from the house. Damn. Yeah. Some reports said 60, some said 90, but let's be real, it's probably 50. <laughs> um, so there were two white SUVs trailing it on its journey. And okay. like, as the balloon came down, a man jumped out of one and like chased after the balloon. Everything's on. We have film of all this stuff. Super dramatic. Yeah. Ambulances and like deputies surround the device. First responders sprinted over to it only to find that Falcon was not inside. <gasps> Falcon must have fallen out. No. Yeah. In fact, a deputy said he saw something fall out of the balloon a few miles before it landed. Oh, God. Yeah. This is a, <laughs> this is a very special episode. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a warning on this. Are we going to have some sad music? It's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Zarin. Yes. Close your eyes. What are you doing to me? <laughs> okay, my, my eyes are closed. <laughs> I want you to picture this. Okay. <laughs> You're a reporter with uh, KWGN, Channel 5, out of Cheyenne, Wyoming. you damn right I am. Fort Collins is in your market, so you were dispatched out to the scene as soon as word came in that there was a possible uh, media spectacle. East Colorado, they, they count on me. Yeah. You and your camera person have posted up in the parking lot outside of the Larimer County Sheriff's Station. Mm. There's a podium set up in front of the doors to the station, and you're waiting on a press conference to begin. Naturally. You're scrolling on your brand new iPhone 3G, checking out what the public has to say about this and getting messages from your editor back in the newsroom. You have unconfirmed reports that the balloon has landed. Hmm. And you're there to see what the sheriff has to say about this. A hush falls over the media scrum as Sheriff Jim Alderton makes his way to the podium. Hmm. The click of cameras crackles around you as print media photographers catch this moment for posterity. He clears his throat. He announces that the balloon has made landfall and that young Falcon Heaney is not inside the basket. Our long national nightmare. (laughs) This situation, as he says, has gone from a rescue effort to a recovery effort, meaning they're looking for a body because his soul has left this mortal coil. Yeah, dark. There's no way he could have survived a fall like that. A murmur rolls through the assembled media outlets. Everyone's trying to process this tragedy. Suddenly, a deputy walks up and whispers in the sheriff's ear. The sheriff looks up at the people gathered before him. Falcon has been found. And he's alive, baby! (laughs) Dang. (laughs) So it turns out Falcon was in the attic the entire time. So they don't check the attic. They check the basement, they check the bedrooms. They're like, "Ah, I'm not going up those stairs. He told the police he was afraid to come out because he thought he was going to get in trouble. Oh. And he said his father had already been yelling at him for climbing around inside the balloon basket earlier. Oh. Richard said, 
quote, my biggest fear was that he would become electrocuted. <laughs> so uh, Falcon goes to the attic, plays with his toy cars, and apparently fell asleep. Okay. Yeah. And then sees all this action and decides, well, I got my toy cars. Well, the sheriff was like, I'm just relieved that he wasn't injured. 100%. And that we didn't have to go find a yeah. body. Um, the rest of the world, everyone's like, oh, thank God. You know, oh, kids, these rascally kids. Um, but most people kind of hept to the fact that some of this is just not adding up. I'm thinking that the um, guy who's chasing clout his entire life uh-huh. may not be telling me the truth. Well, and there are all these things like, okay, so how sound asleep was this kid in an attic if he's got sheriff's deputies clomping yes. around his house yelling his name? Yes, exactly. I'm not believing any of this. Yeah. So the Heaney family, they were super willing to be in the limelight yes. after this. After this, like, terrible, scary incident. So the first thing they do that evening is go on... Larry King Live that's being guest hosted by Wolf Blitzer. (laughs) They're like, this has been really difficult and exhausting. Let's go on CNN. Wolf's like, we got breaking news. So they're sitting in a row of kitchen chairs in what looks like their living room. Mm -hmm. And during the interview, Falcon was asked if he could hear people calling for him. Oh. And he replied, "Mm mm-hmm. And his dad asked, well, why didn't you come out and let everyone know you're okay? And Falcon said, um, you guys said that um we did this for the show. Oh, <laughs> on live television. Yes, Falcon. Richard out Rich- of the mouths of babes. <laughs> Richard goes, man. <laughs> and then Mayumi says, no. <laughs> so Wolf Blitzer asks Richard, like, what did Falcon mean by that? So there's this long pause, and then Richard says. I can see the direction you guys are hedging on this. I'm kind of appalled after all the feelings that I went through that you're trying to suggest something else. <laughs> He's like, I, I can't hear you. But, um, I'm, we're losing signal. Well, and then he goes on. He says that, like, Falcon used the word show as, like, an innocent reference to when they were back on Wife Swap before. Uh-huh. He's, he's a kid. He's like, he's, he's talking about, I don't know if you've heard, but we were on Wife Swap. Yeah, we were kind of a big deal. <laughs> so then, like, that that's just, like, this crazy bombshell. Uh-huh. Instead of retreating, he takes the family out on TV again the next morning. What? They were on, they're lined up in the same chairs and they're talking to Diane Sawyer on Good Morning America. I knew it, always, the morning show. She's like very gentle. She's, you know, but also pushing them about the hinky parts of the story Mm -hmm. and what Falcon said the night before on CNN. Yes. So it's also asking Rio and Bradford. Oh, they're all all the kids. It's like the parents are bookending them and the kids are just all squeezed in, like sharing a couple chairs and they're just like lazing on each other. Um, it starts getting uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And Falcon, he's ar- Falcon's already like wrapped in a thin blanket. He announces that he's going to throw up. <laughs> I love this. And kid. he he like heaves and puts his hand over his mouth and walks off camera. <laughs> I'm sorry, this I is like, laugh. Yeah, his mom and dad don't get up to help him. He's a six year old. <laughs> he's six years old. They so watch as he walks off, and then Diane Sawyer asks them like, "Is there someone who can help him? Do you want to take care of your child?" And the mom's like, "Is that okay?" And then gets up to tend to her sick child. Oh my god. Then they do the same thing on the Today Show. That one was taped after the GMA segment. Falcon, he's like leaning on his dad. Richard is walking through how they found him in the attic. Mm -hmm. Falcon mutters something to his mom, who then holds out a Tupperware container, and then Falcon pukes into it on live television. Get out. Loudly. Oh, my God. We see it. Oh, my God. We see it. I thought it was a bit the first time. No, he, like, legitimately pukes into some Tupperware. (laughs) And then they, like, wipe his face with paper towels, and the interview keeps going for another, like, 45 seconds. Oh, my God. They keep talking. It's wild. kid. When we come back from this break, (laughs) 
I'm going to tell you how that one little remark on CNN started to unravel the whole business. Oh, my God, yes. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Byron. Elizabeth. How you doing? I am over here on the edge of my seat waiting to he- see and hear how this thread unravels. Do you need Tupperware? Oh, don't start. <laughs> when we left off, Falcon Heaney safely recovered. Not in the weird giant balloon, but instead toys in the attic. Mm -hmm. Um, He couldn't hear all the sheriff's deputies. Prior to the CNN interview with Wolf Blitzer, the sheriff did not think this was a hoax. He shared with the public that the department spoke with a Colorado State University professor who determined it was scientifically possible for the balloon to carry up to 80 pounds. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. It could hold Falcon in the little tuna can. Um, (laughs) Per reports made by the sheriff, quote, Up to this point, all interactions showed emotions consistent with a grieving process or concern for a lost child. So he's like, you know, they had me sold. They're they're pretty good. But then Falcon spills the beans on CNN. Polygraph tests are ordered, uh, which Richard and Mayumi agree to take separately. Wait, polygraphs, like legal polygraph? Like the cops are doing yeah, them? the cops are this doing them. This isn't like for Good no, Morning no, no. America's next appearance? No, 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 this isn't like Dr. Phil's, like, all yeah. right, come on. Yeah. Um, Richard uh, fell asleep during his. How do you? Okay. Well, he said he blamed it on having type 1 diabetes. Okay. Yeah. Mayumi, she confessed the entire thing was planned from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, Mayumi. And then she said they wanted media attention because they wanted to get um, a show greenlit, like a science-based reality TV show that they had pitched to ABC. Okay. Um, Richard said that uh, Mayumi didn't understand what she was saying and that she'd misinterpreted the word hoax because Japanese was her native language. Oh, yeah. You, you know how that goes. Hoax in Japanese is a it's, totally different yeah, word. It, it sounds a lot good like... Plan. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so that she, he said that her English wasn't good enough to sufficiently understand or answer polygraph oh, questions, God. and that she didn't know she could have stopped the process at any time to request an attorney. This guy's the worst. He is. David Lane, the Denver criminal defense attorney who represented Richard, said, quote, The Fort Collins DA's office basically said if Richard doesn't take a felony and go to jail, they will prosecute Mayumi, who is not a U.S. citizen. She's a Japanese citizen. I think that it's an unconscionable position for any prosecutor to take. Every bit of what happened to the Heenies was an injustice. Huh. Interesting. I did not see. Okay. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming, did you, Burnett? Uh, So he claimed the DA's office put the family in this absolutely unsound position. If the case goes to court, Mayumi loses, they're going to deport her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the the attorney goes on, quote, It would have been great to take the case to trial and make them all look stupid, but was Richard really going to take the unconscionable risk to his family over it? You're talking about tearing a loving mother from her children and her husband as some kind of revenge. It was morally repugnant for the prosecutors to put the Heenies in that position, to let this case turn into a circus. For God's sake, it was a balloon. <laughs> Richard was not willing to risk the basic structure of his family having his children's mother and wife and his wife deported, so he took all the weight. It was a balloon, Sarah. <laughs> it was a circus, too, Seven, buddy. It was a balloon. <laughs> Uh, Let's no, not lose perspective, people. <laughs> Come on, people. It was a balloon. Uh, November 2009, Richard Heaney pleads guilty for attempting to influence a public official. Well, at least he took that weight. A class four felony. And he's sentenced to 90 days in jail, 60 days to be served through work release. Okay. Mayumi Heaney pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor count of false reporting and was sentenced to 20 days alternative jail due to her lack of past criminal history and her cooperation. Okay, so basically house arrest. So on January 7th, 2010, Richard Heaney appeared on Larry King Live again. (laughs) He's back in his, like, wheelhouse. (laughs) He told Larry King that the only reason he pleaded guilty was to protect Mayumi from deportation, spare his children the loss of their mother. 
uh, a couple he days later, for that. And he's like, yeah, you know, four days I did later, the right thing, Larry. He starts his 90 day prison sentence and he had to pay 36000 in re- uh, restitution. Wow. In uh, August of that year. So That's that was in January. Kind of cheap for shutting down Denver Airport. You'd think so. August of that year, they moved from Fort Collins to Spring Hill, Florida. Okay. So they just cut down. Yeah. July 2011. Heaney auctioned the Balloon Boy balloon off. Of course And Mike Fruitman of Aurora, Colorado, come on down, because you placed the winning <laughs> bid at $2,502. Huh. Mike Fruitman of Aurora, Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> so $2,500 buys you a balloon. Yeah. but That's it's infamous. Infamous. Yeah. Um, I wonder, like, does he display it? Is it just in I a box it, in his garage? I think it's for, like, a museum or some kind of thing. I does don't know. Does he make his kid ride in it? It's a roadside attraction. Oh, could be. Uh, Alderton said investigators discovered eight to ten outlines for different reality show ideas the Heenies had pitched, and the balloon plan was in one of them. Oh. So they had proof. Like, the sheriff was like, look, I got the documentation. April 2009, the family signed an option with the Wife Swap producers to pitch a series about outrageous homemade science experiments and the equally outrageous family that created them. And a balloon in the shape of a flying saucer was one of the ideas. So they had all this evidence that this had been cooking. Gawker, R.I.P. Gawker. Golly, I missed that. Gawker. Uh, Gawker Gawker.com connected with Robert Thomas, a student in Colorado who claimed he not only worked with Richard on the balloon hoax, but was now making a public offer to sell his story. Oh. Thomas claimed that he and Heaney had a verbal agreement that if and when the reality show was accepted by ABC, Thomas would be uh, one of his lead research assistants. Okay. Here's Heaney's concept. Can we attract UFOs with a homemade flying saucer? We will modify a weather balloon so that it resembles a UFO and will electrically charge the skin of the craft. Byfield Brown effect. We will capture the footage on film and will utilize the media as a means with which to make our presence known to the masses. This will not only provide us with incredible footage, but will also generate a tremendous amount of controversy among the public, as well as publicity within the mainstream media. This will be the most significant UFO-related news event to take place since the Roswell crash of 1947, and the result will be a dramatic increase in local and national awareness about the Heaney family. (laughs) Our reality series, as well as the UFO phenomenon in general. What we really need to do is Heaney family awareness. awareness of the Heaney family. I, Welcome what to color, Heaney Family Awareness what Month. What color ribbon is Heaney Family Awareness? Polka dot. <laughs> so Thomas claimed that Heaney was also a paranoid conspiracy theorist who believed in lizard people. Oh, uh-huh. wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Thomas. So the David Icke Yes. Yes. Thomas claimed that Heaney was also concerned about 2012 proving to be apocalyptic. Oh, so he's also into the Mayan philosophy. He's just bouncing around. Yeah, he's anything out on the fringe, he's just grabbing toefuls of it. (laughs) Um, T.J. Holmes, that sassy GMA homewrecker. Oh, yeah. He interviewed the family in 2019 for a 10-year anniversary story. Mm -hmm. Richard stuck to the whole, it wasn't a hoax thing. Wait, Okay. (laughs) It was the most uncomfortable Sir, you, you interviews. you actually had to plead guilty that it was a hoax. It wasn't a hoax. It wasn't a hoax, yeah. Um, remember Richard Sanchez, the reporter about the gravitas mm-hmm. of Balloon Boy? Um, uh, he brought vis- the nation together. Yeah, exactly, that one unifying moment that we all needed in the face of economic tragedy. He visited the Heaney family in October 2019 at their new home in New York to do a 10 years on thing. Their new home was actually a camper trailer that they all lived in together while working on renovating a 160-year-old farmhouse. 
which so was some project getting for, in the house flipping it was mode? a project it's, for it's a florida investor so okay. like i don't know what they're up to uh a month after his visit sanchez received an email from mayumi's attorney lee christian huh the email stated that he found mayumi's case file and he would be willing to share it with sanchez if given permission from mayumi that's weird. That is very weird. He does the interview, and then her attorney is like, hey, man, On the I found side. some. Yeah. A week later, Sanchez is in Christian's office with total access is to Mayumi's like file. Is divorce lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping. He discovered handwritten notes made for her attorney that she wrote that uh-huh. gave a blow-by-blow of the events. Okay. They confirmed without a doubt that everything was staged. Yes. However, the notes also revealed the plan was for Falcon to hide in the basement, not the attic. Huh, where he would have been discovered. Yeah, so when he wasn't found as planned in the basement, they really did become genuinely worried that Falcon was actually in the balloon and carried away. Oh, they believed that that's why they were able to replicate that's what, the exactly. emotions of somebody. Okay. But Richard never backed down from saying it wasn't a hoax. Sanchez said, quote, At some point, I really believe Richard and Mayumi thought that Falcon had been taken by the balloon. I like taken by the balloon, like it's a sentient thing. (laughs) Come on, kid. Like a human trafficker. Because he was nowhere to be found. (laughs) And that's why it appeared so real when he saw the reunification with the parents. Mm -hmm. So whatever. Sanchez decided to call Richard and tell him what he found. Caught off guard, Heaney asked Sanchez where he got the information. Meanwhile, Sanchez could hear Mayumi in the background denying she had written anything. Sanchez then emailed Heaney the pictures of the notes oh, that he had. Mayumi. Two days later, Heaney reaches back to Sanchez. Uh-huh. And then this is the exchange that takes place. Richard, this whole thing, that never happened. Sanchez, so you didn't suggest that Falcon could hide in the closet with the safe in the basement? Mayumi, I made the whole story up. Richard, what? Mayumi, I wrote it. She starts crying. Richard, <laughs> what do you mean you wrote this? What the f- are you talking about? You said you didn't know what this was. Why would you write this? Mayumi, to save myself because of our kids. Richard, oh my God. What the? Every time you write something, you cause a storm. That's going to be a fun bleep fest. Post Balloon Boy, the boys were homeschooled to get ahead of any possible concerns that they'd be like harassed. And harassed yeah. yeah, and they'd have to suffer for their dad. They learned how to play guitar and drums uh-huh. and they started a metal band. Heaney Boys Get with out. a Z at the end of Boys. Oh my God, I love this. Yeah. He Richard markets They're the like, band. Gunner Nelson, you oh, don't know God. anything. <laughs> Richard markets the band as the youngest metal group in the world. Okay. And they have a song entitled Balloon Boy No Hoax. Oh, these there's poor a video boys. for it. Oh no. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to post it because I feel like if I did, they'd sue me. Is their band any good? No. No. But yeah, I feel like I, yeah. Um, Richard also wrote a heavy metal rock opera called American Chili, C-H-I-L-L-Y. Okay. And that was performed by the brothers at a theater while they were living in Florida. Uh Richard tried pitching it to a Hollywood agent, but he didn't get a response. So the rock opera they performed in a Florida dinner theater, I'm assuming. Yeah, or like a local, yeah. yeah, Didn't get a response, huh? Now. December 23rd, 2020, mm-hmm. Governor Jared Polis. Polis, is that how you say it? I don't know. The, of Colorado. I don't know. Whatever. P-O-L-I-S. I've heard it a million times. Yeah, I don't know. If you're get one thing I, I can guarantee. I, I had one the previous thing governor. I can guarantee is that I'm gonna screw up someone's name <laughs> and my... feel terrible about it. <laughs> so the governor of Colorado, he granted full and unconditional pardons to the Heenies, mm-hmm. Richard and Mayumi. This is what he said, quote. 
We are ready to move past the spectacle from a decade ago that wasted the precious time and resources of law enforcement officials and the general public. Richard and Mayumi have paid the price in the eyes of the public, served their sentences, and it's time for all of us to move on. <laughs> he said, it's time to no longer let a permanent criminal record from the Balloon Boy saga follow and drag down the parents for the rest of their lives. They shouldn't have to suffer for Doesn't Balloon Boy. Doesn't that sound like, so, like a line from The Simpsons? Totally. Sounds like exactly. From the Balloon Boy saga. Richard said that the pardon was, quote, the best news I've heard in my entire life. Oh, not that your son didn't get creamed falling out of a balloon? <laughs> That's the best news? Come on. Or that Mayumi isn't divorcing you? <laughs> As rightfully right, she should. Exactly. <laughs> What's your ridiculous takeaways, Aaron? Oh, my goodness. Uh, one, I'm surprised at myself for believing even a moment that maybe Falcon was in there because I had every instinct to say, <laughs> I don't believe this. But yet, I still, and for yet, a moment, I was like, no, Falcon, when you said something dropped out. So I have to admit, even I was taken in. I'm, you know, I'm just... I'm 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 suspicious usually. Yeah. No, right? I know. I and know. in this case I was like, well, did the three boys I thought, well, maybe one of them did anyway. The ridiculousness is that these three boys, their names, like Bradford. <laughs> I got to the the takeaway that I'm going with is <laughs> I'm worried about Brad because he didn't get the weird name. He he's got the weird family. He's yeah. like, so I'm I'm worried he's going to act out and we're going to hear about Bradford I in know. the future. I worry about the kids. No, I do. I worry. On all in honesty, I worry about the kids interview, and Every interview, they seem kind of uncomfortable and like they really wish they weren't being interviewed or on camera. They're still making bad metal songs about their dad's Look, hang up. Every teen is allowed to make and encouraged to sure. make bad metal songs. But it shouldn't be about your but dad's... But it shouldn't be about your dad's hoax. <laughs> exactly. Your dad's fights with the public. Yeah, those poor boys. Um, it should be about how your dad is a jerk or whatever yeah, you, you want. I'm with you. I think that they're... My takeaway, since you asked... Yes. Oh, Elizabeth, uh, that, I was curious. Uh, Dude, what's your ridiculous takeaway? Oh, thanks. Thanks. I, you know, I hadn't even thought about it. Huh. <laughs> I think... Um, it's interesting that their desire, their like naked desire for attention is mm -hmm. their is their undoing. Oh, if they yeah. hadn't have gone on Larry King mm -hmm. and talked to Wolf Blitzer, if they hadn't have like barfed on morning TV, you know, we wouldn't be <laughs> I wouldn't be telling you the story. So maybe thank you for that to them. That's I have true. this to tell you. That's it. That's all I got. I like that one. Uh, you can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter for the talking and Instagram where we show you what these <laughs> look like. Email us if you want to at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. <laughs> Tune in next time. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by senior Ridiculous Crime lizard person Dave Couston. Research is by balloon truther Andrea Song Charpentier. The theme song is by Heaney Boys Roadies, Thomas Lee and Travis Dutton. Executive producers are Duct Tape and Tinfoil Barons, Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. 
Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.